EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we have musical guest Driftwood and special guest actress Bonnie DeForest. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now, KB Cabaret presents Parlor City's favorite advice columnist, Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, my wife is a doll. I love her and she loves me. We've been married for over 11 years and she is the love of my life. The problem, Granny Ada, is she, well... For the past three years, she doesn't like to wash her clothes. She wears the same outfit over and over again. And really, Granny Ada, they smell. Now, honestly, she bathes every day, sometimes twice. But still, her odor is second to none because her garments stand on their own, if you get my whiff. Our children, Gary and Mary, don't want to bring their friends over to the house. Gary is 10 and Mary is 8. I installed the newest washer and dryer in the second floor of our home next to our bathroom. I wash my clothes and I have offered to wash hers. This has become an, uh, an emotional argument where I usually lose. I'm at my wit's end, Granny Anna. What should I do? Signed, Nose Plugged. Beer Plugged. How delightful. Seems your wife has some sort of a mental illness. This is nothing to take lightly. Does she show other signs of neglect? Of sleeping longer, or not spending time with children, not interested in intimacy with you? Has she gained weight? Your family physician should give her a thorough checkup. You need to get to the bottom of why she hit bottom. Even if you keep air freshener in the home, the clothes should not stand by themselves. That is truly disgusting and unhealthy. Unfortunately, washing, discarding, 
or even burning her clothes could traumatize her. Too bad the children are witnessing the odor erosion. My quick term offer to you is to remove the children to a hygienic family member's home and for you to move yourself to another bedroom. Best to you all, dear, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Ladies and gentlemen, Parlor City Chef Extraordinaire Beulah Deschamps on FaceTime, calling me from Florence, Italy, dear. Florence, Italy. <laughs> oh my, that was kind of you. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella Beulah. So you just arrived a few days ago, didn't you? Oh yes, it is lovely here. I'm staying in the Pergola Apartments near Piazza San Lorenzo. Piazza San Lorenzo. Oh, I love the ring to it. True. Anything you say in Italian has a beautiful ring to it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this area is lovely. It's near the Duomo. Duomo? It's another word for cathedral, Brie. Built in 1296, this Cathedrale di Santa Maria... Del Fiore is the main church of Florence, dear, but it is ordinarily called Il Duomo di Firenze. The Cathedral of Florence? Oh, that's right. Very good. I didn't know you understood Italian. Hardly. However, I understood that. <laughs> oh, Beulah, I envy your courage. Going to foreign countries, exploring their culture... What an adventure. Well, I have already been here a few days. There is a lot for me to experience, but I have to tell you, the markets are incredible. Fresh produce, fruit, fish, it is a chef's paradise. And Florence, or Firenze, is famous for their wine. Ah, the wine. Oh, yes. It's the afternoon, so here I am, sitting out on the terrace of my apartment, enjoying some of the Tuscan red wine. This one is a Chianti Classico. Mm-mm-mm. Delizioso. Cheers. Cheers. So, I am planning to make my son's wedding, and I've gotten together with Francesca, the caterer's assistant. Oh? Oh, she's impossible, Bree. She hardly wanted to let me make anything, but I talked her into an hors d'oeuvre. Well, at least you are contributing something. I know. I managed to find something green. You know, green is considered good luck for wealth and prosperity. Really? Oh, yes. I want Polly and Bobby to have all the luck in the world. So I was allowed to make a dip I call Beulah's Vermouth Pesto Lucky Dip. Um, how much have you had to drink, Beulah? (laughs) Only a few glasses of wine. Why, too corny? (laughs) A little. Oh, well. At least it will taste delicious. It has feta, soft cheese, sun-dried tomatoes, garlic, basil, and, of course, vermouth. You can substitute the vermouth with the vodka if desired. Oh, sounds delicious. Oh, it is. Add some crusty Italian bread, 
not unlike the chef's assistant, Francesca. <laughs> well, she's rough around the edges. Eh, Piola, you in there? What in God's creation does she want? We are in deep trouble. What are you talking about? The chef, he quit. Quit? What do you mean he quit? He threw in, how do you say, uh, the towel. Why? Because he no like the limp asparagus. The what? The asparagus. She was limp, so he quit. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. So, what are you going to do about it? Well, then I'll have to make the dinner. You? Santa Maria? See, si, me. Listen, Bree, I have to go. Good thing I didn't finish all this wine. I have a wedding reception to save for my Polly. And Bobby, go to it, Beulah, and good luck. Thanks, Bree. I'll need it. Well, arrivederci. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, and I emailed a recipe to you so you can add it to my recipe page on the new app. Will do, Beulah. Well, folks, Beulah is about to save the day. And may someone save her. I will post Beulah's vermouth pesto dip on her recipe page. You can find this and all of her other recipes on the KB Cabaret app. Just go to our website, kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com and download your app today. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Nursing Home Thug, a series specifically designed to involve and encourage you, the listener, to go to our website at kbcabaret.com and vote for the direction you want to see the story go. Our continuing series centers around Maud Waring, a rather shady, cantankerous old woman who, because of bad or criminal behavior, has taken up residence at the Sunnyview Assisted Care Retirement Facility. When we last left, Jimmy the custodian had been missing for at least an hour after he should have returned from his dinner break. Around this same time, Maud wheels up to the nurse's station in an uncharacteristic good mood when soon after, a blood-curdling scream could be heard from down the hall. Will that loud, blood-curdling scream turn out to be nothing more than the primal reaction to the discovery of a big hairy spider? Or has something bad happened to Jimmy the custodian? Here's a hint. Listener voting was a tie. From our last episode... Hey, uh, if you see Jimmy, tell him to take a look at Maud's bathroom door before he goes home tonight. I, I can't seem to get a hold of him. You know where he is? No, but he should have been back from dinner over an hour ago. <laughs> Maybe he hooked up with Maud and they're in the closet. Yeah, I'm sure Jimmy would. Maud! You had us worried. Where were you? Here and there. You have to keep us informed as to your whereabouts. Oh, so this is a prison. No, it's just that. <coughs> what the... And so we continue.
what all the excitement's about. Candy, watch the station. I'll be right back. Maud, don't move. Where would I go? Just stay put. Candy, get a hold of Ruby and let me know the minute Jimmy shows up. We might need his help. Toodles, dearie. Ruby, everything all right? It's Jimmy. He's hurt. Did someone call 911? They're on the way. What happened? I was on my way to pharmacy when I noticed the custodian closet door was open a bit. I tried closing it, but it wouldn't shut, so I gave it a good shove, and that's when I heard a thud. Jimmy? Yeah, right in the head, but he was already out. That must have been when we heard you scream. No, I screamed when a big hairy spider jumped out at me as I was taking Jimmy's vitals. Oh, yeah, that would have creeped me out, too. After the ambulance gets here, we'd better have the front desk call Mr. Connors to let him know what happened. That's odd. Look at all the soap on the floor. Oh, you think Jimmy was startled by the spider and spilled the soap? Maybe, but I don't see a soap container. I don't see one either. Besides, Jimmy isn't afraid of spiders. He would have boxed that sucker up and dropped it out in the wooded lot next door. What in the world? There's a toilet brush stuffed down Jimmy's pants. Hey, Jimmy could be a little off color, but I've never known him to be kinky. Look, his keys are in the slop sink. Something smells fishy here. You mean something smells moddy. Come to think of it, she was in a really good mood just before we heard you scream. That woman is never in a good mood. Yeah, now I'm pretty sure she had something to do with this. Ambulance is here. Come on, let's go have a little talk with our Maudie fish. Candy, where's Maud? She went back to her room. What happened? That's what we're here to find out. Jimmy's hurt. They just took him out by ambulance. Oh, no. How bad? Don't know yet. Maud? This ought to be good. Yeah. Can't wait to hear what she comes up with. So, will Nadine find Maud nestled in her room watching TV, pretending she knows nothing about what happened to Jimmy the custodian? Or will she be so proud of her accomplishment that she can't help but brag about it? Go to kbcabaret.com after the show and vote for your choice in which direction you, the listener, want to see the story go. To be continued. So what you've been hearing is a little excerpt from Driftwood, a band. It's called Outer Space. And with me in studio, I have Claire Byrne. Claire, I would like to welcome you to KB Cabaret. 
Well, thanks so much for having me, Bree. We're, we're glad to be on the show. You are amazing. I've been watching and listening to your music and watching some of your videos. Tell me a little bit about the sound of your band. I definitely feel like adding rock and roll into the description is vital. Obviously, the band itself, as far as instrumentation goes, is very like old-timey, bluegrassy, just rootsy. We have upright bass, acoustic guitar, banjo, and fiddle, and voices. And at the core of it, that is what we use to get our sound. And everybody has different influences from all sorts of different musics, but I think just a general love of classic rock and roll tune, a desire to rock, has brought us to that sound. When I joined the band, we used to be a lot more rootsy. And we would play these shows, and we'd be playing with bands that had full drum sets and electric guitars and amps. And we were like, how can we compete with this? When we get up there next, you know, we're going to sound so tiny. And so I think a lot of the sound kind of came from a lot of discussion about that. So tell me a little bit about this Outer Space song that we were listening to in the beginning of the show. Outer Space is a tune we wrote together. And we actually wrote it on our way to a venue called The Outer Space in Hamden, Connecticut. So we're going to play this venue. And the venue is usually a couple people. And so we wrote this tune about the trip there and about playing at the venue. Anybody listening out there that has been to the venue just knows it's a wonderful spot and the people there that work there are just amazing. But that's what the tune is about. So Outer Space, we have Dan Forsythe, Joe Kolar, and Joey Curry along with you, Claire? That's correct. Okay, Claire Byrne. And let's listen more to Outer Space. Around all your faces glow, but there's no sound, no, no. The ghosts are in your house, the ghosts are in the Stevenson Dale, and in the blue they drive for me. So I could be your
cars come rolling in And you take down that olive gun And I will be your man Barry. Hmm? What? Oh, Davis. Sorry. You're deep in your thoughts this morning. What's going on? Nothing. Okay. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Why do things like this happen to me? What things? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I sent Marilyn a text. Here we go. What? Never mind. Wait, I thought you two broke up. We did. Then why are you still texting her? Because she's texting me. Why? Well, she still needs me. She threw you and your ring out. You don't get it. Not really. Like, the other day, she needed coffee. Coffee? Yeah. And she couldn't get it herself? No, she doesn't have the money. Her new boyfriend probably has money. New boyfriend? Yeah, Davis. She has many of them. No, she doesn't. Where are you getting that information? You told me. Oh, never mind. So you got her coffee, I presume. Yeah, but the wrong kind. Oh. I got her the single cup disposable kind. Oh, and she needed ground coffee? No, she needed the single cup. Uh Uh-huh, but I'm sure there's more to this. Well, I went to Costco and bought a big bag of 100 cups for $24.99. Practical. Marilyn didn't think so. She really chewed me out, said I was cheap. And? I returned them and bought her the fancy kind. Do you know how expensive those are? Expensive. Expensive. Was she grateful at least? Well, she didn't slam the door in my face. Did she let you come into her apartment? No. I didn't think so. Barry, she's just trying to string you along. That's how she is. You, of all people, should know that. Yeah, yeah. 
but sometimes she can be really nice. Yeah, when she's sober? No, uh, actually when she's drunk and in her blackouts. Great. I see you finally have standards. Exactly. That's why I don't understand why I was almost arrested. What? Yeah, it was because of this text. The text you didn't want to talk about? All I did was ask her if she wanted to make some easy money. Easy money? Yeah, I was trying to help her out. I texted, no mowing or cleaning, just something you could do lying down. Lying down. Next thing I know, I have cops at my door charging me for solicitation. (laughs) Well, I got off with a warning after I explained I just wanted her to help me sort out my Aunt Agnes's dresser drawers. You know, the one who just passed away. Only you, Barry. I know, but, but why, Davis? Why do these things happen to me? Because they broke the mold when they made you, Barry. They broke the mold. And now, two men we found on the streets claiming they could do one-liners. Monty and Carrie. heard your wife is attached to a machine for life support. Yeah, it's called the refrigerator. Hey, Carrie, I believe that everyone has a purpose in life. I guess yours must be to remind everyone else how much worse off they could be. Hey, Monty, you want to hear a poem? Sure. The thunder god went for a ride, astride his faithful filly. I'm Thor, he cried, the horse replied. You forgot your saddle, Philly. Now, this next song that we're going to be playing is The Company Store. I really want to get to it, but what I really want to hear is how you guys met, uh, how you developed your band. Um, Driftwood, the name itself, how did you come up with that? Just tell me a little bit about the background of Driftwood. Before I was in the band, Joe and Dan were in lots of bands together. Joe and Dan have been playing together for about 20 years in all sorts of configurations, jam bands, punk bands, all electric bands. And at some point they were sitting around the kitchen table with Joe's older sister and they would want to start this kind of acoustic band. We just go around the country and pull out our instrument on the street and then play, you know, in that way, instead of having to have an amp and haul in the drum. And Joe's older sister said, well, then you should call the band Driftwood. And they said, oh, that's a great idea. And so they started that band, and I joined about three years later. That We met through mutual friends from Ithaca. But I had gone to college, and he was in the music scene, and heard Driftwood, and after he came out on the road on a little tour he had put together for both groups. So I met them that way, and we kind of went from there. You are an amazing violinist. When I saw you play, you're just natural, and your presence on stage really creates the scene that you're comfortable. You're really comfortable with what you do. I really enjoy it. And I also love the art of performing. I think there's a real art to performance itself. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond like playing, and I really like thinking about that and holding my skill as a performer. There are certainly times when 
I'm not so comfortable, you know, maybe you don't feel good or you're tired or the sound is difficult and you're not having a good time or, you know, you never know and something in your personal life isn't going well. Right. Uh, but you gotta put, you gotta flip a switch. That's true. You know, other people, other people don't want to know that. They don't want. They want. They're there for a good time. They're good. Yeah, good time, and but also a lot of your lyrics sort of make a connection, I believe, with the audience, and that's what makes your music special. From that segue, we're going to go and listen to the company store. Get tired of working at the company store. 
Amelia, right? Right. This is my little boy Cruz. My Cruz is so tall. He's the same age as my Tommy, right? Three, but the doctor said Cruz is tall for his age. Apparently, he may be as tall as six foot five by the time he's twenty-one. That is tall. My Tommy is supposed to be around six foot seven by that age. I don't know how these pediatricians know these things. All I know is my husband is already looking for colleges that take basketball scholarships. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, I'd like to introduce you to Charlie and Ben. This is Amelia and her son Cruz. Ooh, Cruz is a tall one. Our little Gina is the petite one in our West Side City playgroup. Hello, honey. My, she is adorable. We adopted her from Korea. She is our cutie patootie. I still remember the labor pains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, you don't know labor pains like I know labor pains. I was in labor for seventy-two hours straight. The nurses wanted to give me epidurals, but I said no. I'm glad I refused. Better safe than sorry. Well, my husband and I went for the warm tub delivery. I didn't feel any labor pains. It was so soothing for my little Cruz, coming out from one warm water environment to the other. I've heard of that, but sometimes uh, infections uh, can occur. Our little Gina is the picture of health. Never even had a cold. Our little Cruz never even burped. Did you know that the one and only time our little Tommy had the sniffles, two years ago, he knew enough to blow his nose with tissues and then throw them out in the proper receptacle, and he washed his little hands afterwards with soap and water. He even counted to ten. Ah, a one-year-old washing his hands and counting to ten. Never heard of such a thing. Have you, Charlie? Oh well, that is cute. But our Gina, well, she not only could count to ten by the age of one, she could multiply and divide by ten. Well, isn't that funny? So could Cruz. What amazed me was how he actually could write it down and do long division. Oh, he is so smart. But honey.、Uh, I think little Cruz is dribbling on his cute little T-shirt. Here's a towel. Oh, thanks. I think it must be because of those yummy cereal rounds little Cruz is snacking on. My Tommy prefers cut-up organic grapes. Grapes are delicious to snack on,、uh, but my Cruz prefers his twelve whole grain organic, no preservatives, all natural cereal rounds. He knows fiber is better for him than fructose. Oh, I bet he does. Probably grows and mills the twelve grains himself. Excuse me. Well, I don't know about fiber or fructose, but our little Gina here is a strict vegan. Everything she eats comes fresh from our garden. She prefers raw and unprocessed. <laughs> I see that. 
Those raw, unprocessed pebbles she's putting in her mouth seem yummy. Oh, Honey, my no! Gosh. <laughs> That's nothing. Tommy once ate a penny. He has a cast iron stomach, that kid. <laughs> a penny, huh? Oh, that's nothing. Cruz ate two dollars worth of change once. He's a regular Rocky, my boy. Well, our little girl usually doesn't eat pebbles. Gina usually gathers them for art projects. Ben, do you remember that Mona Lisa she created out of the sand pebbles she gathered on a vacation in Vero Beach? Do I ever? Mona Lisa, that's nothing. My baby can recreate John Hancock's signature, and he can recite the Declaration of Independence at three in the morning. My little boy can sing the Star Spangled Banner backwards in a beautiful, rich tenor voice. We may enter him in one of those singing contests. I know he'd win. Our girl can do origami and macrame while swimming ten laps in an Olympic-sized pool. She even composed a concerto in B flat on the electric synthesizer for a twelve-piece orchestra when she was bored writing her memoirs. Want to see what I can do? What? I can cross my eyes. Cool. I eat boogers. Want to see? Oh, that's so gross. Can I have one? Who wants mud pie? We do. I do. Now this song,、uh, called "Before I Rust," just the title itself really drew me in. Give me a little background about "Before I Rust." Before I Rust has a pretty interesting background. Essentially, it's about working for something that you really believe in and wanting to get there before your time has passed, or something like that, which is the "Before I Rust" part. But this song was actually inspired by a guy we met in New York City. We were doing a radio show down there, WFUV, John Platt Radio Series, and the other guest on the show that day was Nora Jones's guitar player. Show, and then there was like an actual live show that people could come and watch. After that, we were chatting with Adam. After that show, he had to go. He had to catch a flight to LA. I don't know. He was he was much more big time than we were. But he said he looked at us and said, "I'll see you at the top. I'm going to see you at the top." And so Dan really was inspired by that line, and that and that line is in the song. And so he wrote the song kind of about that, about the struggle of getting to where you want to be. You know, which may not necessarily be like the top top, but everybody has their own version of the top, and, and working towards that. I think that's why I love the message in this. All right, so let's listen to "Before I Rust."
love our parents. We know we can't kill them. So that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. That's not a spot, Ruth. That's a yellow striped zone. I hate going to the mall on a weekday, but you had to choose the weekend to come. There's a white sale. I need to get some things. Oh, there's a spot. Oh, no. Why do they let motorcycles in parking spaces? You would think the mall people would create a separate spot for motorcycles. Well, they don't, Ruth. Why don't you drop me off at the entrance, Stanley? Then you can find a parking space. For God's sake, Ruth, I just passed the entrance. Well, go back. Oh, wait, there's a spot. There's a spot. The woman with the bags. She's going out. I see her. Gee, she's taking her time. I'm not waiting. Wait, I know she wants to outweigh us. We'll outweigh her. I once waited a half an hour and outweighed the outweighter. You're crazy. I'm not waiting a half hour for her to pull she's out. She's pulling out. It's about time. You think it's going to rain? How should I know? I just got my hair done. I don't want it to get wet. It's not going to rain. I don't know. I better take my umbrella. Oh, for the love of... Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Are you ready yet? I don't see why you're fussing. I'm going to check out the bedsheets in Drexel's department store. Ma! Alice! What are you doing here, Ma? You said I should get out more, so here I am. Well, this is great. Maybe you can help me. With what, dear? I don't want you to get embarrassed. Why would I get embarrassed? Why? What are you up to? I'm about to go purchase a trainee bra for Elizabeth. Mom, now everybody knows. I remember your father and I purchasing you a training bra. You and father? Yes, dear. I couldn't have done it without him. Alice, what are you doing here? Hi, Dad. Oh, my God, this is so weird. Come on, Stanley, I'll explain along the way. Ma, no, that's too revealing. What do you mean revealing? It has pretty lace. It's such a nice light blue color. Stanley, Stanley, what do you think? What do I think about what? This bra for Elizabeth. This has got to be the worst day of my life. What do I care? I never understood why you have to train those things anyway. Stanley. Leave me be, Ruth. I'm going over to the sports bar on the other side of the mall. Fine. I still don't know which is better, the light blue or the black. The light blue one. Really? Her hair's already short. Alice, your father thinks the light blue is better. Really? I never knew father was so into bra fashion. Your father is a wonderful person. You just never appreciated him. Whoop! Oh, Stanley, I dropped that. Will you pick it up? What is this thing? I don't know. It looks like a handkerchief or something. Hello. May I help you, sir? Well, hello. Never mind, Stanley. Why don't you go to the sports bar? Bet you'd look good in whatever this is. I'll hang it up, Stanley. You can go. Were you looking for G-strings, ma'am? What? Her, uh, <clears throat> she shops for underwear at Barney's Surplus Store in the men's department. Stanley! Well, if there's anything I can help you with... You can help me anytime you want. Stanley... I need to ask you a question over here. Excuse me, dear. My sister needs me. What did you say? Oh, nothing. Just having a little fun, finally. Of all the rotten meat. Well, we're done. We found two we liked. Right, Elizabeth? <laughs> One blue and this floor... 
Ma, why are you crying? Because she's an idiot. Stanley, I'm never going to talk to you again. What just happened? It's your fault. I was just fooling around. My fault? I was in the dressing room with Elizabeth. Can we just go? We're making a scene. Let's go. There's nothing in here for you anyway. Wait. I want to buy this. What's that? It's me. I like it. Ma. Mom, that's a bustier. Oh, for crying out loud. You're much better off at Barney's Surplus Store. I'm getting a drink. Maybe that young sales clerk would like to join me. (laughs) (laughs) Stanley. So our saga ends again for now, but join us next time for The Dysfunctionals. Hey, Carrie, I heard you got arrested for stealing a calendar. Yeah, I got 12 months and they said my days are numbered. Hey, Carrie, my wife wants to get a puppy, but I don't. Did you compromise? Sure did. We're getting a puppy. Imani, what's red and really bad for your teeth? A brick. Now, last but not least, we are going to turn to a song that is, I think, hands down my absolute favorite. Something about this song, it's the rhythm, the lyrics, the performance, I think the combination altogether. It's called The Sun's Going Down. We're going to be listening to this in a few moments. But first, I want to thank you, Claire, for being on our show. I sort of feel giddy having you on my show. I'm such a fan. Oh, well, I'm really glad we made it work, and I really enjoyed talking with you, Brady. Oh, I really enjoyed talking with you. And say hi to the rest of the gang, Dan and Joe and Joey. Tell me about Sun Going Down before we lead out with this. That one was written by Dan. It's actually, he initially wanted to write like a country duet. Something like the Danny Wynette, George Jones, or Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty kind of stuff. The idea, you know, was that these two people were kind of in a bar, which was great because then when the music video finally came into fruition, we were in a bar. So when we started working on it, it actually had quite a Zydeco feel. And we were trying to get away from that. We wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit more, kind of a newer feel. Man, we, we recorded it probably two or three times. We, had, we actually had a lot of trouble recording this song on the last album and just trying to get the right feel and the right energy. The energy was the toughest part because it's such an energetic tune, but it's pretty hard to get that momentum and energy in the studio sometimes. It can be hard. It's a really fun tune. We, we love fun. It is a fun tune. We're going to listen to this. And again, I'm going to pause for a second because I want to say that Drift with the Band is also linked to our uh, website on the Musicians page. And check out their albums. These particular songs we heard today are off of the third studio CD of Driftwood. They have a live album that came out in Grassroots in 2014, and they're just working. You're working on a new one, right? We are, yes. It'll be out in November. Okay, and it's going to be out in November. So check out the site, driftwiththeband.com, which is also linked to kbcabaret.com and on our musicians page. And thank you very much, Claire, for being on our show. And let's go out with The Sun's Going Down. Thanks, Claire. Thank you.
Where I go, I go, who I know, I see. I'm not one for nostalgia or the change in the scenes. Where I go, I go, who I know, I see. And I'm stubborn and lame and not about to change. No kind of lifestyle for no kind of dame. I know what I am and I know what I want. Well, the sun's going down, so if you want me around, then if you want me, I'll be right today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. 
In Barler City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We'd love to have you and share our Barler City. Again now to KB Cabaret.